everybody. Welcome back to the Multiverse Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Holtzapple. Alongside me, as always, is George Rogers. No. Yes. Yep. Correct. Here we and go. welcome to episode 60 of the Multiverse Movie Podcast. Oh. I believe it's 60. I believe last week was 50. No, this is 59. 59. This is 59. My mistake, yeah. everybody. It's all right. We got a good one for episode 60. Mm-hmm. Batman for Superman. Mm-hmm. 12 days. At the, at the time of this recording, it's 12 days. Yeah. So excited, excited, excited! So today we uh, we actually pulled we called an audible. I, I put it up on the Instagram page, um, but we are doing coming to America uh, because coming to coming to number two America the sequel came out um, yesterday la- last night, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, we watched it. Um, what did you think of it? I thought I enjoyed it. Like I said, I mean, it was it was it was good for what it was. Honestly, I, one I, of the better comedy sequels I've seen. Yeah. Especially 30 years later. I would have, like I said, like I told you, I would have liked to have seen it if John Landis had come back to direct. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hey, <clears throat> it was it was good. Yeah. It was I generally laughed expected. at some parts. And as we said, there's no way that anybody in that barbershop should still be fucking alive. No. <laughs> no it, it was good, though. It yeah. was good. And uh, I, had think, so, I had some fun cameos. And yeah. It, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was a I, um, I think it's time. Eddie Murphy's best movie since... I'll go the second Nutty Professor. Yeah. I'm going to second Nutty Professor, because Haunted Mansion was not good. Well, he did get nominated for an Oscar for Dreamgirls. Oh, I forgot he was in that. Yeah. Okay. I, but I didn't see and it, I've, I've I heard, see And it, I've heard good things about the My Name is Dolomite movie that's on Netflix. Oh, yeah? With him, yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. I have Again, again though, like, things, yeah. for a while, Eddie Eddie Murphy was just, like, box office cancer. Yeah. Like, he, you, he could not make a good movie to save his life. Like, Osmosis Jones... And Haunted... He wasn't in Osmosis, James. Yes, he was. That wasn't him. What movie am I thinking of? Uh, I don't know up. what you're thinking of, but you're not thinking of... Because <clears throat> I don't think he was in Osmosis, Jones. No, I got over here. I got, I, I, I got it. Oh, no, I don't. That's a whole I typed page. in Eddie Perfy, so it's okay. Oh, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Filmography... Well, Shrek. Oh, Pluto Nash. Pluto Nash. That's what I'm thinking <laughs> of. That's what I'm thinking of. But like, Meet Dave was not good. I did not like Norbert. Um, I'm actually not that big of a fan of Shrek movies either. Tower Heist was good. Tower Heist was good. Yeah, he was good, but he didn't have like a major role in that movie. Either. No. But uh, like, Daddy Daycare wasn't good. I Spy wasn't good. Mm. Showtime. Doctor Doolittle Two wasn't good. So yeah, I would go. I would probably go the second Nutty Professor. If we're going live action, then yes. Yeah. I Spy. Remember I Spy? Uh, I'll even hey, go back. Him and <clears throat> I'll even go back to, like, Dr. Doolittle. Dr. Where Dr. Doolittle came out? Was that 99? 98. Because wow. Mulan came out the same year. Oh, God. Yeah, and he was, he was Mushu. No, Life was good. I didn't see Life. You didn't say where he was in, yeah, it was a good mm, one. Yeah, mm. check that out. Bowfinger. Christ. But I know it, it kind of makes me. I, I enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it very much, um, and I enjoy the first one. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of this podcast, we're going to wrap up our discussion about WandaVision. We're going to save it for the end, mm-hmm. episode six through nine. Um, we'll give it an overall grade, um, <clears throat> and um, but I, we very much enjoyed it. So I don't think anything was announced over the past week. No, but the, um, if you follow along on the on the social media pages. For mm-hmm. Zack Snyder's Justice League, they've been releasing trailers <coughs> for each yeah, been, individual person. So we've got yeah, been putting out little we've teasers. got Batman, Superman so far, and today they released Aquaman. So that was a good one. So I'm, I would assume tomorrow is probably, probably Wonder Woman, Flash or Wonder, Wonder Woman or Cyborg. Yeah. So um, the McFarlane, if you are a toy collector like I am, the McFarlane figures have leaked online. They look good. I am not loving the face sculptures, but I'm still going to buy. But <coughs> excuse me. Uh, there's a black and regular suit Superman. I'm going to buy the black suit. Um, there's hooded and un- or cowl-wearing and uncowl-wearing Batman. I'm going to buy the cowl because I love the tactical suit. Um, I would assume there's two different dark sides. There's probably an Uxus and then an actual dark side. I'm just going to buy dark side. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy him um, because I do love this cast, and I want a black suit Superman really fucking bad. So, um, If you're a toy collector, um, I'm actually surprised they're not coming out for the movie. Yeah. I'm surprised. So I would assume probably soon, though. But I'm very surprised they're not coming out before the movie. Because um, also, if you're a comic book reader, 
um, on March 17th. Uh, they're coming up with three variant covers for the Justice League comic. I believe it's Justice League 59. I could be wrong on the number, though. But there's three variant covers um, that are to tie in with the Zack Snyder's Justice League. So I'm going to be getting three of them, and I'll probably send them out to get graded. Um, and then I'll keep one. I'll, I'll get... I'll buy four covers, four copies, one to keep and read, and then those those three variant covers I'm going to send out to be graded eventually. So one of them is by Jim Lee. Yeah. I can't remember who the other two are. Done. Uh, also very good artists as well. But so if you're a comic book reader, keep keep out, look for them as well. Just don't go to my comic book shop. Um, go there after I leave. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I can get these. Um, but other than that, I don't think anything. Nothing major. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't think anything's really happened. So. Nothing, nothing I've seen. Yeah. So. Anyway, Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, here we are. So you want to rock and roll into Come to America? And yeah, then let's we'll, get right into this. We'll and then we'll get right into WandaVision right mm-hmm. afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I do recommend to see, if you're a fan of the first Come to America, definitely check out the sequel. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a, a good movie. It is. Oh, the it looks like the director... Of coming to America too. Mm-hmm. Also directed my Dolma is my name. Yes, yes I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it was actually out. while they were doing that is when Eddie Murphy asked him if he would direct oh, okay. uh, coming to America, and okay. he said, "Yeah." What else has so. he done? I'll look it up while you're while you're doing that. While I'm doing what? You're reading. You're the one that starts us off. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, he did, he also did Hustle and Flow, Black Snake Moan. Um. Oh, the Footloose remake. Ooh. thought that was directed by, uh, I was going to say Kenny Omega. That's not right. Ke- Kenny Ortega. Hmm. But I was wrong. Interesting. But probably Kenny Omega also. Yeah. Tw- Twinkle Toes McFinger Bang. Not. Ke- Kenny Olivier, Harpo Marx, whatever uh, Cornette calls him today. I do not care about that, about that pay-per-view tomorrow. Nope. I'm just curious to who these signings are. That's about it. I mean, we it's all but basically confirmed that it's Kurt Angle. Unless he's just trolling people. Kurt looks old, too. He man. looks like he's in really good shape, though. But his face looks old. Oh, yeah. Like, he looks... I wonder if he... Because he was... I think he posted something. So I wonder if he's getting, like, some of those, like, stem cell treatments that Nash is getting. I don't know. So, I don't... I mean... Who knows? He's he's in really good shape. I mean, he's he's working out. And yeah, but there's no. The, but yeah. w- with his with his wrestling style, mm. he's not going to have a good match with anybody in AEW. No. Who? No. Co- Cody. Be- because he can Cody can't wrestle. fucking wrestle. Everybody. That'd be like when William Regal and fucking Goldberg wrestled. Yeah, and Regal um, embarrassed him. Yeah, because there no nobody can really wrestle in AEW. There's like five people, and Cody's two of them. <laughs> Hangman Page is the other one. And both members of uh, FTR. Oh, uh, Dustin. Dustin can still go. Yeah, but Dustin's also another one who's in his fifties. Yeah, but he can still go yeah. though. But um, but I also don't want to. I also don't want to watch AW to see to go enjoy our main event, Dustin Rhodes versus Kurt Angle. It's like, oh, this would have been great twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what, what are you talking about? They probably happened in TNA when he was Black Rain. Yeah, but he wasn't good. He wasn't in good shape as Black Rain. No, he wasn't. He was pretty. He was awful yeah. doughy as yeah. Black Rain. So, anyway, I'm curious, but like, I'm, I'm not, curious, but I'm, I'm just, not curious. I just don't. I, at the same time, I just don't care. Yeah. Like, I want to like you, AEW, but you're just really giving me no reason to like you. Yeah. So, anyway, show we start. Mm-hmm. Coming to America, released June 29th, 1988, which was my dad's uh, 25th birthday, on a budget of 36 million dollars. Uh, with a box office intake of two hundred and eighty-eight point eight to three hundred and fifty million dollars, that was the estimate it was given. Mm-hmm. Directed by the great John Landis, mm-hmm. produced by George Falsey. I'm going to read it off the computer because I was Falsey, right. Falsey, Falsey Jr. Produced by David D. Uh, Wax Wax. Robert Robert D. Wax. I got. Whatever I say, David. Yeah, yeah I, David. I mixed up the two names. My yeah. mistake. Screenplay by David Sheffield and Barry W. Blaustein, who also did the sequel. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he came back for the sequel. Uh, story by Eddie Murphy. <clears throat> uh, music by Nile Rogers. Did he do the sequel too? No. No. Um, <clears throat> and starring Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, James Earl Jones, John Amos, Madge St. Clair, and Sherry 
Shari Headley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? No. Hey, I mean, I it's, you know... Yeah. Early teens. Obviously, yeah, obviously you didn't see it in there. I mean, I, I think I you know. first saw it probably on, like, Comedy Central. Yeah, it was, I'm sure it was on TV. Yeah. Much, like, it's, much like with Trading Places. Mm-hmm. Um, Trading yeah. Spaces. Train tra- places. Tra- places. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I always mix that. I don't way. know either. I mean, they. I, I get they do sound similar, but yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, oh, yeah. Eric Lasalle. Yeah, this movie's always been part of. It's just always been there. Like it's mm-hmm. as I've as I've told you several times off uh, off recording. If if we were to ever do a top ten of top ten favorite comedies, <sighs> this is definitely there. This is there. Mm-hmm. This is always always been one of my favorite movies. Um. It also started the the trend of Eddie Murphy playing multiple characters in movies, mm-hmm. which he does often. Mm-hmm. Some say too often. Um, yeah, this is the first time he started playing multiple characters. And then he did it in Vampire in Brooklyn, Nutty Professor, Bowfinger, Nutty Professor 2, uh, Pluto and Ash. Like, he, it was just... It, turned into a whole fucking thing mm-hmm. but ah. but hey it's it worked the first time and it was it was fucking flawless mm-hmm. so to the point that when uh, you watched it the other day you had no idea that he was randy watson um i mean i i remember we were i think when i first saw the trailer for the second mm-hmm. for the sequel i was like Oh my god! I didn't realize it. I didn't realize he played. Because um, I remember texting you saying yeah. that. And then when I like thought about, it, I was like, "Of course, that's Eddie Murphy's voice." But it yeah. just I never actually like put two and two together that that was him playing Randy Watson. Yeah, like at all. And the wealthy. Some of that makeup is really good. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, I mean, well, just like when he's Saul, like the the old yeah. Jewish man in the barbershop. You, like, it was years before I realized that was Eddie Murphy. Oh, I forgot to mention Louis Anderson. Uh, how do you forget Louis Anderson? Yeah, like, like, like the rest of the world did. Yeah. <laughs> and the, Life of Louis. That was a great show. It was. I enjoyed yeah. that show a lot. In the wealthy African nation of Zamunda, Crown Prince Akim Jaffer grows weary of his pampered lifestyle on his 21st birthday and wishes to do more for himself. When his parents, King Jaffe and Queen Aeolian, present him with an arranged bride-to-be, Akim takes action. Seeking an independent woman who loves him for himself and not his social status, Akeem and his best friend slash personal aide, Semi, travel to New York City borough of Queens and rent a squalid tenement in the neighborhood of of Long Island City under the guise of poor foreign students. Beginning the search for Akeem's bride, they end up being invited by some locals to a rally that is raising money for the inner city. During the rally, Akeem encounters Lisa McDowell, who possesses all the qualities he is looking for, and upon his insistence, he and Semi get entry-level jobs working at the local fast food restaurant called McDowell's, a McDowell's knockoff owned by widower Cleo McDowell, Lisa's father. Hey, I got a sidetrack for a second. Oh, yeah? Do you know Arsenio Hall did the voice of Winston Zeddemore in The Real Ghostbusters? Yes, I did. Do that. I had no idea that was him. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Learned something every day, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah amazing. Um... Muppets tonight. <laughs> Are you on Arsenio Hall's? Uh, yeah, it's right. <laughs> a great fucking show. Gotta ridiculous. I love the uh, the 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 way that in, in 1988 they made Zamunda look. Yeah, like it looked it looked fantastic. It was just just well done set pieces. Uh, the costumes are Deborah Noodleman, well, or or, or Deborah Noodleman. Landis, because mm-hmm. she's married to John Landis. Mm-hmm. I don't think she gets enough credit for her for her costume designs. I, I agree. And she is also the one who gave us Indiana Jones's look. She's the one who you know was beating the shit out of a fucking leather jacket for hours on end to make it look rough and weathered. Mm-hmm. You know the, part, the exactly what you want Indiana Jones wearing, not some stylish new fresh off the rack thing. Nah, nah. He's mm-hmm. been on adventures, mm-hmm. and he needs to look that way. But everything looks so fantastic. Um, Akeem is just, you know, we see the, 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 this pampered lifestyle that he lives. You know, he's he's awoken by like a string symphony every morning. And, you know, we get the royal bathers. The royal penis is now clean. You know, people bathe him. And then uh, one of my favorite parts from that opening bit is when he's 
going to the bathroom. And he's like, oh, hi, it is my 21st birthday. Might I use the bathroom by myself? And he's like, most amusing. Wipers! <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, James Earl Jones. Oh, I mean, you love him. I love him. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody who doesn't love James Earl Jones. I agree. Fantastic. Fantastic. As King Joffy and Madge Sinclair as Queen Aeolian, who would go on to be Mufasa and mm-hmm. Sarabi in mm-hmm. The Lion King. Mm-hmm. So, and, so, And then she would also go on to die. Wow. Well, she did. I know, but you didn't learn that until today. <laughs> when you, so did you. Cracking a, cracking a joke. <laughs> Got this potato. <laughs> potato belongs in your ass. <laughs> so do you. <laughs> I know, Mac. Ridiculous. Oh, man. <laughs> Any fucking way. Um... There's just a lot going on in this paragraph. That a lot happened. going on in this whole podcast. A lot, right go, lot, a lot going on in this day. And it only started for those of you who don't know. Oh, I created a. For those of you who don't know, it's all of them. <laughs> we were the only two in the living room. George and I have created a Indiana Jones parody called Idaho Max, starring George. George and I didn't uh, create anything. It was you that created that. To where George. <laughs> Goes around the the world instead of seeking out um, like uh, priceless antiquities, he searches out different types of potatoes to shove in his ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and at the end of at the end of India, uh, Idaho Mac in the Last Crusade. Um, uh, you have to shove the, uh, potato of Christ up your asshole. <laughs> now, that's, now that's a side dish of a carpenter. <laughs> Wait, think you think it's baked? Oh, Fuck <laughs> it. And Walter Donovan shoves a golden potato up his ass and it takes his life. <laughs> This is insanity. <laughs> this is insanity. <laughs> and then, uh, in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, I yeah? Get... <laughs> At the end, <laughs> instead of saying, <laughs> instead of don't saying... look at it, Mary, you're like, <laughs> close your ass, Mary. <laughs> don't blink your brown eye. <laughs> Keep your brown eye shut, uh, Marion. <laughs> Because a ghostly potato, this ghostly potato apparition <laughs> comes out of the ark and shoots like potato beams into the Nazis' assholes. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Are you sure? Ugh. <laughs> oh. Oh, it was a good laugh. Ridiculous. You're, you, are, <laughs> you are crying. Oh, man. Uh, that belongs in your asshole. So do you. <laughs> oh, man. That was good. So the wedding is this lavish yeah. ceremony. <laughs> complete with the dancers who we found out were choreographed by Paula, uh, Paula Abdul. Mm-hmm. It's a pre-freaking out on... Medication, Paula Abdul from her American Idol days, mm-hmm. um, and they were doing almost like a uh, <coughs> like a sped Excuse up me. African version of the Thriller dance, yeah, very similar to it. Yeah. Which is, I mean, either coincidental or planned because John Landis is the one who directed the Thriller video. Mm. So I mean, he, and Deborah Noodleman's also the one who gave us the uh, uh, the 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 jacket from Thriller, mm-hmm. the the outfit. So. I'm not saying her name. I, th- I think it's like Nadolman, but I'm saying Noodle because that's how it looks to me. Well, it's it's Landis's wife, right? Yes. And so, you no, know, the uh, uh, Aman Aziz comes out. You know, she's the uh, the the bride to be, and you know, he doesn't want to. You know, he 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 wants. You know, she she's been bred to be uh, 
you know, his wife, you mm-hmm. know, so, you know, so she, she likes everything he likes and you know, she has no thought for herself and he wants someone who is going to arouse his intellect along with his loins. Yeah, I would say Nadulman, if I had to guess. Nadulman. Nadulman. Yeah. What were you saying? Nadulman? It could be Noodle. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the pronunciation. Maybe she married John Landis because she's like, you know, can I get a, <clears throat> a last name that white people aren't going to uh, <laughs> fuck up? It's like, yeah, let's, let's do that. They're still together. Yeah. And uh, one of the favorite parts when he's with her and then he's like, bark like a dog. He starts barking like a dog and he, and he breaks the fourth wall and just stares right into the camera. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So he's, he he wants to go find his bride and you know, so, so, well, we'll go to America and they flip a coin, heads or tails. He goes to New York and then flipping through the New York, they see the borough of Queens. <clears throat> and they don't know that Queens is not somewhere you go to try and find a bride. John Landis was an executive producer on The Lost World. Okay. Not The Lost World. Not that Lost yeah. World. Just no, this a different was a made-for-TV movie. Yeah. <clears throat> and they arrive at Queens in this uh, in, the, in in this common area where Jake he, uh, Steinfeld was the... What? What do you got? What do you got? He did Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills Cop 3? John Landis? Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Can't you tell? Uh, three's not my favorite, so I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't mind three. I don't either, but George it's George Lucas is on it. Oh, T. George is the key. Yeah. He plays a, uh, uh, a theme park goer mm. who Axel jumps in front of in line so he can escape security. And he's like, hey, all right, we're getting out of here. Jar, jar. You okay. could be a Obi-Wan potato of my ass. <laughs> Kenobi. <laughs> In a Star Wars remake called the uh, Phantom Spud at the end of the movie Darth Maul shows a potato up your ass (laughs) 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 Mm. (laughs) potato and ass believe me you do not I'm I'm over this (laughs) done with this mine mine are you done? Potatoes make not one great. It's fucking done. <laughs> um, <laughs> when they arrive <clears throat> in Queens, and they go, and you immediately it's like, oh, listen, real Americans. And it cuts right into the barber shop where they're talking about you know who pound for pound who the best boxer of all time. pound for pound Joe Louis the best boxer of all time. I guess little you never heard of Cassius Clay. I stopped cheering for Cassius Clay when he changed his name to Muhammad Ali. I'm going to make a side note real fast. Wait a minute. Man wants to change his name to Muhammad Ali. What, yeah, what do you got? What do you got? John Landis made one good movie after coming to America. And it was Beverly Hills Cop 3. Because then he went on to make The Stupids and Blues Bros 2000. Yeah. And then not much. And then not much. That's literally that. one of the greatest filmmakers we've ever had. Yeah. And his career, like Carpenter's, ended with a limp. With a with a fucking whimper, not with a potato in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> I said with a whimper, not with a thrill. <laughs> but we also get that montage of them at the bar, meeting mm-hmm. the different. That's great. The different, uh, spoiler: yeah. that's my favorite part of the movie. Is it really? Yeah, I just I don't know when when because Arsenio shows up as the yeah. tech. And she like, looks at him. tear you apart. And your friend, too. <laughs> he spits out the drink. It's just, I don't know. It just makes me laugh every... I laugh when they yeah. showed it in the second movie. I was yeah. like, of course, I had to yeah. show that. And they have like, the uh, the two girls are the rappers, and they just stand there, like, mouth mm-hmm. mouth open, like, uh... Mm-hmm. But uh, my favorite part of that is when, they go, is when they're walking through, and they walk up to the first girl, and she's like, I have a secret. And he's like... And he's like, in like, 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 real intently, and she's like, "I worship the devil." <laughs> <laughs> it's like you already see where this is going to go. The one bitch is lighting herself on fire. I was Joan of Arc in a past life. Fantastic, fantastic. And then they go to the, uh, to the Black Awareness Rally where he meets, where he sees Lisa for the first time, and immediately falls for this woman. But which is, <laughs> which I find weird that um, he goes to the Black Awareness rally and he sees lisa and he falls in love with her because news for you i was at that same rally and i did not fall for lisa mcdowell do you know who i fell for oh. i fell for the man 
who first graced our screens as Joe the Policeman in the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama, Jackson Heights' own Randy Watson. Thank you. Don't act like you've never heard of Randy Watson. I mean, I have. You're a big fan of That's My Mama. You did you do you forget about the What's Going Down episode? Yes. Emmy winning role right, as down. Joe the Policeman. Calm down. Uh, you know, you you're just a non-believer. You're too busy over here thinking about shoving potatoes up people's asses. Mm-hmm. You don't know nothing about sexual chocolate. You know, sexual chocolate you know about is Mark Henry. Best sexual chocolate. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I also enjoy McDowell's. I do too. And how he's how he reworks. It's like no, it's not the same thing. You know, they have the golden arches. I have the golden arcs. <laughs> you know. And I like how he's still the, doing it they, in the second yeah, movie, too. They have, the, they have the Big Mac. We have the Big Mac. We both have all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce and onions. But their bun is seeded. Ours, no seeds. It's like, fuck out of here. I like later in the movie when he's reading the book of McDonald's operation, uh, their operation manual. Mm-hmm. Like I, It's fantastic. Good old uh, John Amos. It's like, because right after he did this, he went and did uh, Die Hard 2. Well, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Akeem's attempts to win Lisa's love are complicated by Lisa's <laughs> lazy and obnoxious boyfriend, Daryl Jenks, whose father owns Soul Glow. Nile Rogers said that is the, the greatest composition of music he's ever written, that Soul Glow theme. And I agree with him. Uh-huh. He, I'm not going to tell him that. After Daryl announces her engagement without Lisa's consent to the family, she starts dating Akeem, who claims that he comes from a family of poor goat herders. Meanwhile, although Akeem thrives on hard work and learning how commoners live, Sammy is not comfortable with living in such meager conditions. After a dinner date with Lisa is thwarted, when Sammy furnishes their apartment with a hot tub and other luxuries, Akeem confiscates the money and donates it to two homeless men. Sammy wires a telegraph to King Joffe for more money, prompting the Joffers to travel to Queens and expose his identity as a prince. I absolutely love that Soul Glow theme. I do too. It is, uh, it's fantastic. I, I can't get enough of it. I can't. I think for a while it was my ringtone on my phone. I and feel I like think, it might have been. Yeah, I, like I, I think, I, I think <clears throat> now I just I have a hard time finding it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also enjoy at the, well, the reason why they're at, uh, I, I guess what would be the, the little party at the McDowell's is because Sam Jackson comes in and starts Sam Jackson and shit. Mm-hmm. True story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for me. After Sam Jackson was arrested in that movie, he turned his life around. You could be all the things you always wanted to be. There it is. Sexy, easy as one, two, three. I'm disappointed that there wasn't even a little bit reference outside of that the poster in the in the barbershop in the There was a little bit of it when they did a flashback to the apartment, but like 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 Eddie Murphy could have been like, Do you guys still wear soul glow? <clears throat> or they should have had Daryl show up and he's like, uh, we lost a lot of money on Soul Glow in the nineties. <laughs> Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fan fan dad. Mm-hmm. But I love one of the parts I like at the party is when uh, Daryl's family is sitting on the couch, uh, mm. his grandmother, his mother, and his father, <clears throat> and they get up to go stand next to Cleo. And when they get up, the Jerry curl stains are on the couch from where they were sitting. <laughs> it's like little, little shit like that in the movies. It's it cracks me mm-hmm. up. It's the little things, like the little subtle jokes that are there, that oh yeah, you know sure. that nowadays would be replaced with a dick joke or something. Yeah. Know? Which is what ruined the vacation movie from a few years ago. Like, it was... That today, and, today's humor, it was like... Yeah, it's, that it's, and it's, bad writing and... <clears throat> yeah, Ed yeah. Helms. Ed Helms. Yeah, so... The... Lisa starts to fall for Akeem, and they go on several dates, and he's like, oh, I'm going to cook you a dinner in my squalor apartment. And then mm-hmm. Sebi is... Done it to the nines. He's tired of living in such conditions. Yeah, I don't know how the fuck they got a hot tub up in that. Upstairs. It looks like it was a, a like a transportable one. 
Like, obviously, it wasn't, like, one you put on the outside. It's... Yeah, but they had to go on. And they had to take it up the steps because the elevator was a trap <coughs> trap. Yeah, but it looks like it would That's... piece together with, like, piping and stuff yeah. like that, so. And also a little bit of little bit of uh, continuity in the Landis universe. The homeless men that Akeem gives the money to is Randolph and Mortimer Duke from Trading Places. Mm-hmm. Which, I saw this before I saw Trading Places, so I didn't get the joke. But then when I saw Trading Places, I'm like, oh, all right. Now it, like, now it makes sense to me. So, I mean, so if you got to see Trading Places before you saw Coming to America, that was a, that's a fun little thing there for you. But for me, for me and probably other people like me, I saw Coming to America first before I saw Trading Places. So it's, mm. it was a little lost to me. But then after I saw Trading Places, I'm like, ah, oh, I finally get that joke. Yeah. I definitely but, saw Coming to America before Trading Places. Yeah. For sure. Train Places is a movie I kind of came across like a few years later. Mm-hmm. I was a little older. Cleo initially disapproving of Akeem as he did not want to see his daughter with a poor man becomes ecstatic when he discovers that Akeem is actually an extremely wealthy prince after being introduced to the Joffers. When Akeem discovers that his parents have arrived in the United States, he and Lisa take shelter at the McDowell residence where Cleo welcomes him. After Cleo's bond <clears throat> with Akeem is ruined by Daryl's unexpected arrival, Lisa later becomes angry and confused that Akeem lied to her about his identity. Akeem explains that he wanted to love wanted her to love him for who, not what he is, even offering to renounce his throne. But Lisa, still hurt and angry, refuses to marry him. Despondent, Akeem resigns himself to the arranged marriage, but as they leave, Joffe is reprimanded by Aeolian for clinging to outdated traditions instead of thinking of his son's happiness. That's a nice little uh, segment there too, where they're, where um, John Amos keeps keeps running back and forth from the door to the living room, and he keeps mm-hmm. saying, "Sorry, can't you get the through greasy head? The girl don't want you no more." Mm-hmm. But you told me to come over. <laughs> and then then he uh, climbs in through the window. He comes in through the window and, 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 and love a sister. Oh yeah, it's, 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 it's like, oh, like, we gotta get you out of these clothes. And then he breaks the fourth wall. Like mm-hmm. here we go. I, I like subtle fourth fourth yeah. wall breakings. Yeah. Like at a, especially at a time in the eighties when that wasn't yeah I mean it I mean it was it started to become a little bit of common practice because we saw <laughs> we'd see it a lot in John Hughes movies because mm-hmm. John Hughes always breaking the fourth wall okay. all the time always uh, shit and Ferris Bueller alone Ferris is talking through the fourth wall yeah I mean and in Sixteen Candles there was a lot of you know just staring at the camera and stuff that uh that Anthony Michael Hall would do he he had he had a really good stare with that but um. Yeah, I, I digress on the fourth wall, but that was it, it. Was at a time when it was, it was still new and fresh. Now it's like, oh fucking, everyone's breaking the fourth wall, mm-hmm. except when Deadpool dies. I, because I think Ryan Reynolds truly just enjoys doing Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Like he really has fun with it, and um, I like when the Joffers go to McDowell's and. <coughs> Louis Anderson goes to goes to Cleo and says, "Oh, there's some people here to see you." It's like they're not from McDonald's, are they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just the the whole the whole I'm still hearing Back to the Future too. Right here, yeah, yeah. Um, just a whole back and forth, and uh, Akeem renouncing his. You know, he wants to renounce the throne. He wants he wants Lisa to love him for who he is, and you know, she took it as you know he he was lying to her and. How would, how would you? Donna Nietzsche's been dead since '93. Yes. How do you, how like, how would you have reacted to that? Like, like, like say there's some uh, some girl courting you who turns out to be a princess, but she wants you to love her for who she is. If you find out later that she's a princess and she's been keeping it for you, are you gonna be mad and be like, nah, like this whole thing with this whole thing was a sham? Or are you gonna be like, all right, I'll go along with this. I'm gonna be like, okay, when you want to get married? Yeah. Once you're hot, I mean, you can't like be some fucking heifer. Jesus, <laughs> <clears throat> I said it. It's not some, uh, not some moo cow. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying she's you know six hundred pounds. Like, I have standards, George. I'm aware of your standards. Some call them shallow. <laughs> <laughs> All call them shallow. Yeah. <laughs> Dee got a lot of class and all of it low. <laughs> <laughs> At the wedding present, wait, 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 so you're a you're, you're a princess. Oh, 
Um, could could you step on the scale first, please? <laughs> make, sure you, make sure you reach the uh, the height weight requirements. <laughs> step on the step on the royal scale. <laughs> Shove this potato towards his ass. Jesus Christ! <laughs> at least save that for the at least save that for the uh, for the ceremony. Instead of exchanging the rings, you guys are you guys are shoving potato skins up my ass. You know, like how like like Greeks smash plates, or is that Jewish people? Greeks, Greeks do that. I mean, the, I, 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 the, no, I legitimately couldn't the, remember who does. The Jews step on the bottle. And that's, right, that's right. That's right. Uh, I, 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 I'm German, so I don't really have um, a fondness a, of the Jewish culture. No, not talking about that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm German, and I was raised Lutheran. I'm, I'm, I'm really an atheist, but um, so we don't have like this really like obtuse uh, wedding ceremony or uh, tradition. Mm. That's what I was trying try to get with the, the, the breaking of the, gl- yeah. the plate. So, I, so mine's going to be just shoving copious amounts of potatoes up your ass when I get married, if I ever get married again. Just no gravy. The gravy burns. Nah. Got to drink the gravy? Like seven potatoes and then a funnel of gravy in your ass. <laughs> Big potatoes, like in little Nicky when uh, Hitler was damned uh, to hell by shoving pineapples up his ass. You're sneerious. <laughs> Welcome to our uh, to our Idaho Mac <laughs> fucking podcast. This is show of hands. Insanity. Show of hands. Who wants to see that movie? It's all of our listeners. None of their hands are up. I can see them. Chris, put your hand down. <laughs> um, one thing I want to talk about is the. The, a, a little bit of culture clash between Cleo and... <laughs> are you still thinking about the potatoes? <laughs> it's just such yeah. a ridiculous concept. Yeah. There's a, a bit of a culture clash here between Cleo <clears throat> and uh, and King Joffy. Yeah. Where he's, you know, where he's trying to go, you know, for your trouble, you know, he, you know give him a million dollars. Like, oh, you know, it's like, it's like you, you ain't got enough money to buy me off or, or, or to buy my daughter. He's like, oh, nonsense. And you know, you you say one more bad thing about Lisa, I'm gonna oh, break yeah, my foot off. Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. I also read. Um, I was reading an article. Uh, do you know why he was, why his character was killed on Good Times? No, why? Because he was complaining that there were no blacks in the uh, in the writers' room for Good Times, hmm. and he, in those days, when you spoke up about that, yeah, you got fired. And that unfortunately. was unfortunately happened. Yeah. Him and Norman Lear have since buried the hatchet on that. Mm. Um, but it's it's like not like I I didn't know that that's why he was fired from Good Times. Yeah. I, I mean I I don't I didn't know because I didn't really watch Good Times as much. I knew he was there. I knew it was a big thing. It was a, it was it, a big episode. Yeah, wasn't he killed off screen? Yeah, he was killed. Yeah. Like he was killed in between. Like seasons, yeah, because that, that, that that's we, that's because, the episode where they're having the party and they give her the note, right? Yeah, that's the show. Okay, yeah. I mean, that was a good episode because it, it's always up there as one of like the best sitcom episodes. Like when they when they when they do when, when they break away from the comedy and get into to the serious topics. Mm-hmm. Normally, we're so good at doing that. He's been in a lot of TV shows, but clearly, Cleo is offended by by Joffy's, you know, him, him, him trying to, to 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 buy off his troubles, and. Cleo tells him flat out, what goes on in my house is none of your business. I mean, King Joffy doesn't live there. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, nonsense. And you know what Cleo says? I'm going to shove this potato up your ass. <laughs> and maybe you shouldn't be living here! <laughs> With a potato up his ass. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, Chris. This fucking podcast. Maybe you shouldn't be living here. Fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, he was married to Francis Loeb. Taffin? No. Okay. Norman Lear. No. At the, you're going down the rabbit hole on fucking Wikipedia. <laughs> At the wedding procession, a still heartbroken broken Akeem becomes surprised when his veiled bride to be is Lisa herself. <clears throat> Following the ceremony, they ride happily in a carriage to the tears of Zamundans. Witnessing such splendor, Lisa is both surprised and touched by the fact that Akeem would have given it up just for her. Akeem offers again to abdicate if she doesn't want this life, but Lisa playfully declines. Finn. And then it cycles through the, you know, 
it goes through the credits and then we get back to the barbershop and Saul, the old Jewish man, tells the joke. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, the, the, the man goes in the restaurant and he gets a soup. He's like, hey, t- test the soup. What's wrong with the soup? Is the soup too hot? Just taste the soup. Is the soup too cold? Just taste the soup. All right, I'll taste the soup. Where's the spoon? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they'll just stare at him. Because it's such a it's a, such a <coughs> lame joke. Do you know how I see if my coffee's hot enough? I dip my nose in it. I don't think you do that. And what does this have to do with anything? You don't get the <clears throat> reference? I don't. It's from Kirby Enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. He, Larry David's complaining about... Uh, coffee up and he's like this coffee is it's it's not it's not hot enough and he dips his nose in and then and he's having uh oh my god who's he having coffee with oh my god it's a comedian i can't remember his name you totally know him he's like a short ratty looking guy with long hair richard lewis yep that's it um yeah, it's richard lewis and he goes what are you doing to my coffee he's like i'm saying if it's hot enough he's like you dipped your nose in my coffee i can't drink this now like, you couldn't drink it anyway it was too cold He's like, I don't think that's a barometer test of how to test coffee. What does this have to do with coming to America? <laughs> it popped into my head. <laughs> we should watch that episode afterwards. It's fucking great. Good fucking God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah. Larry David shoved a potato up your ass. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. This is fucking insanity. <laughs> this is fucking insanity. Uh, Do you know Katie Seagull performed backing vocals on Gene Simmons' solo album? <laughs> Somehow I've made it to Katie Seagull's Wikipedia page. You're doing quite a disservice to coming to America. I know. I love this movie, too. Because <laughs> you, I clicked on Norman. I was on John Amos, and I clicked on Norman Lear, and now I'm on Katie Seagal, because he's her, he's her godfather. Oh, where's your life? Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> you're you're, you're like, seven degrees of uh, it's John weird, Amos. It, 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 it's weird, because I feel like Married with Children is the bastard child of any fucking Norman Lear show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, out of ten, where you at a, a, a ten on this? Honestly, a nine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's one of my favorite it's, comedies. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's it, it's de- it's in my top ten. It's not my number one. No, no, it's not my number it's one. Definitely, definitely in my top ten. Right. I would say somewhere. If I had a guess, like five ish. It's probably about maybe five or four six or seven list, or something yeah. like that. You know, if I really sat down, maybe that'll be a uh, a top ten coming up soon. We do need one for March. I'm not saying this, but we do need one for March because since we skipped a, uh, February, we still we still a March Madness bracket for March. Hmm. I'm not against it, but we need to figure out nothing. We if we do that, we also need to bring out a third person because otherwise, shit can be fucking getting split down the middle, or the same. Yeah. So. Yeah, but we'll uh, we'll throw around some ideas. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, favorite team. Uh, I said it. it was it was with them at the bar. Yeah. At the club, it's 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 great. Mm-hmm. I'm also a sucker. Um, a sucker for what? I drew a blank. Is it because you're listening to Back to the Future too? I kind of that kind of that kind of distracted me, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> that, that's probably my favorite scene. Yeah, for me, it's it, it's. I mean, aside with Randy Watson, yeah, the God, or anything at the barbershop, <laughs> anything at the barbershop, yeah. like every like everything in the barbershop is fantastic. Mm. When you sit there, you know, when you first list them and they're or talking the, about yeah, the boxers. Or at the basketball game and you get the handy from her sister. Yeah. And they go into the barbershop and they're still talking about it. And it's like, what about Rocky Marciano? Oh, there you go. There you go. And every time we talk about boxing, a white man got to bear Rocky Marciano. <laughs> Rocky Marciano was good, but he wasn't better than Joe Lewis. He beat Joe Lewis's ass. Joe Lewis, 35 years old when they fought. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Lewis was lying about his age. One time, Frank Sutcher came and he sat down in this chair. I said, Frank, you're friends with Joe Lewis. How old is Joe Lewis? He's like, hey, Joe Lewis, 137 years old. 137 years old. Man, you ain't never met no Frank Sinatra. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Who's next? G- great. Mm-hmm. Oh, I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I don't think the movie has a bad scene. I don't either. At least in my opinion, I don't think it does. John Landis is... At his, at his prime. Last fucking good movie. Oh. Is not better. It's not better than Beverly Hills Cop. No, but it's still a decent movie, though. In the middle of doing a thing here. Yeah, well, she can wait. Doing a doing a, doing a thing here. Trying to trying to do a thing. She can wait. 
to forgive that uh forget that vibration my my phone's going off mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. a uh, getting a call from amy <clears throat> she can uh, wait. She can i will call her away. back once this is done yeah um so i think that concludes at the Coming to america yeah. we are at the 45, 45 minute, minute right wow. right now yeah, for so. um so now we're going to start the our wrap up a series WandaVision. overview wrap up of wandavision mm-hmm uh, we left off at episode five. We did one through five, and yeah. six through nine. Well, I can't remember what episode six was. Episode six was the Halloween spectacular. Yes, and then episode that was seven. The, it was the nineties episode. Yes, oh. and then episode seven was. Um, episode seven was the when Vision. Ex- no, six was when he tried to escape. Right. Yeah, uh, is when he is when Vision met up with Darcy. That's right, because the was eight, eight, eight was a full exposition episode. Yeah, like, eight, pretty much. Eight. Yeah. Eight was uh, was <clears throat> Agatha because also mm. because at the end of that we also found that it was Agatha all along mm. Agatha all along mm. which that is the only one of our theories to come true. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I want to say something uh, about that. You know, everybody's bitching and moaning because you know we didn't have Nightmare, we didn't have Mephisto, and uh, as of right now, uh, that's not Quicksilver from the Fox universe. <laughs> Ralph Boner. <laughs> um. I want to say something. Don't let your fan theories cloud your judgment on on stuff. Um, because I think n- not on, the, sh- on shows and movies. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like um, because not not that I wanted the because I'm, I'm going to use it to defend this, and I'll I'll use it to even say like because I do think that's what hampered a lot of the Star Wars mm-hmm. sequel trilogy too. Everybody had a fucking theory going into the Last Jedi. Everybody, everybody thought fucking Snoke was Plagueis, and we were gonna get this nice exposition fucking speech about how he was sleeping in bed one night, and fucking Palpatine came and tried to kill him, and Luke was, you know, the father, and we didn't get that, and everybody was pissed off, and other reasons. If you were pissed off, you don't like the movie, or whatever. But like everybody's starting to bitch about this because their fan theories didn't fucking come true. And it's just like, how about you allow the story to breathe and tell, like, this movie, this show wasn't. It wasn't going to bring in fucking Magneto. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because this is a supplement piece to the MCU to say, okay, now Wanda took this little journey and now she is the Scarlet Witch now. So when we, they bring her back in for Doctor Strange, you know why she's the fucking Scarlet Witch now. So that's all it was. It was to show her grief and, mm-hmm. you know, now we have Spectral Vision, which I'm... I, I like how Spectral mm-hmm. Vision looks. I'm mm-hmm. happy about that. Um, they, they're also probably going to lead into the West Coast Avengers yeah. as well. I would assume. Which I hope so. I'm assuming Avengers 5 is going to be the West Coast Avengers. They can easily do it. Absolutely. They have the entire... All, all, the, key, all the key players mm-hmm. are there. Mm-hmm. So. You, got, you got War Machine. You got you, you got Scarlet Witch. You got Vision. You got Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Just, just go with it. Yeah. So what did you think of the final four episodes? Uh, I enjoyed it. As I said, I <coughs> like... Going through the first few episodes um, and, and dealing with kind of the kind of with, with it being all over the place and just being a throwback to old sitcoms, as we said when we did the we did the first time, when you saw the reason why it was happening, mm-hmm. it made you appreciate it more. Absolutely, it made sense. Like when they go through episode eight, which is the exposition episode, mm-hmm. as we'll call it, I'll call it the Agatha episode. Mm-hmm. Because Which we, go fine, through, we, we needed see, an episode like yeah. that as well. And know. we see why mm-hmm. she basically turned this town into her own version of sitcoms. That was what she watched. Mm-hmm. That was what she grew up on. That was Which her, everybody kind of had a theory that, about that, that she was using that, you know... It was her way of dealing like that, with but, the trauma, which that's what I said, I think, after episode three. Because mm-hmm. I was telling Amy, I'm like... I was like, I was like I'm sure all of these... I'm sure all of this is her coping with the fact that she lost vision. Her brother was killed in Age of Ultron. I was like, I was like, I was like, she's gone through more grief than any other character in the MCO. She really has. And uh, you can't, you can't even, you can't even argue with me on that. <coughs> what are you gonna, what are you gonna say? Uh, Tony? Yeah, Tony's dead. His problems are over. Yeah. Wanda's got to live through this. Yep. And and what makes it even, what makes it even more fucked up for Wanda, is. The fact that she helped, you know, like her friends, you know, defeat Thanos and, you know, save, uh, essentially save the world while she was going through all of this. 
She still didn't feel close enough with anybody in the Avengers. Except for Hawkeye. She, yeah, but I was, well, I'm getting that. But she didn't feel close enough with any of them to say, you know, maybe I should talk to one of them and, you know, and see if I can get through it. She didn't feel comfortable talking with any of them. She's just, she lost off on her own. Mm-hmm. And then, as we saw in the earlier, ep- I think it's probably episode four, when Hayward showed the... I believe that was a... Showed the, 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 the video of Wanda going through and stealing Vision's body. And we clearly doctor. We, we found out that was a lie. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a fucking. That was some good hacking by her that too. Was, yeah, when she was like, "I can't feel you" and stuff like that. Yeah. It was, it was really good acting. Which is a throwback to um, Infinity War. Infinity War when they're in the London loft, Scotland, I think. Scotland, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And and, she, and when she goes, all, 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 all I can feel is you. Yeah, and then he says that to her when yeah. um, he's when, when she's when destroying she's the, when she's destroying the stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was. I buy their relationship very much. They they do a very yeah. good job. They have very good chemistry together. Yeah, I mean it's <clears throat> it everything made everything made sense. Like as soon as episode eight was there and done, it's like all right, everything makes sense. There's a reason why, but and we'll see Agatha again. You know what? Though, she, a, she's a, a big player in the magical yep, world of, and a, she's not really a villain. No, in the comics, she's like a she's like, just, like an in betweener. She's like <clears throat> Madam Web. Kind of yeah. No, she's like you know. Like, they're for guidance, but it's like, you're still a cunt. Mm-hmm. And Wanda, um, dealing with her grief through essentially, sick, through basically creating her own sitcom work for, is that not anybody who's depressed just sits on the couch and watches fucking TV? Yeah. And just escapes into whatever they're watching? You know, if you're watching you know, Modern Family or X-Files or whatever the fuck you're watching, to help you deal with whatever the fuck is going on mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. that you can't deal with <clears throat> like this is everybody mm-hmm. everybody like i mean whether you have depression or not when you watch a tv show you kind of turn off everything going off around you yeah and you just lose yourself in that show i mean i do it all the time mm-hmm. with stuff that i'm watching mm-hmm. i mean that's i mean hell everybody does it every fucking sunday during football season yeah sure Let's, so let's not. I also act, like. So um, let's not act like her, her doing what she did was something so off the wall and crazy. We all yeah. do the same thing, just not to that extent. I also very much like the. I don't want to say eerie feeling of the early episodes, but I, I, and I've heard this term used, and I agree with it. it, it you have a very um, because when you don't really know what's going on, and you're assuming that Wanda actually might be the villain of the show, uh, it gives a very Twin Peak Twin Peaks vibe. With just the eeriness, the eeriness of what's going on. I'll give you the eeriness. Yeah. Uh, Twin Twin Peaks. I still don't know what's going on. That's very true. Thanks, David Lynch. What year is it? Ah, no, no, I can't fucking do it. Nobody can sh- scream like Cheryl Lynn. Shirley. Shirley, sorry. You're thinking of Cheryl Lynn Fenn. Yeah. Too many people named Cheryl on that fucking show. Way too many people. Way too many people. Samsonite. They should have done. I, I'm. Going through all that, they they should have had Twin Peaks as one of the shows that she watched. Cause that, that, that would have been wild. Yeah, but that but 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 they already did that with Psych, where they had the yeah. entire Twin Peaks episode, where they had the cast from the the different cast members from Twin Peaks yeah. on the uh, on the episode. But I um I I overall very much like the show. What would you give it? You want to do a number or a letter grade? I'll give it a letter grade. Okay, uh, I give it an A. I will also give it an A. I'll give it an A because as much as some people. Well, bitch, oh, stupid show, whatever. Brett, fuck you. Yeah, like, <laughs> grow the... First off, grow the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, Brett, fuck you. Grow the fuck up. It's... It's... Oh, here he fucking goes with his goddamn alarm. That Nobody wants to steal your shitty fucking car. It was... The, child. It, it did everything it was supposed to do. Yeah. That's the thing. It, 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 it was... The show was created for a specific reason, and it did it. And if you loved it, through the first eight episodes, and after this, I guess we'll call it a series finale, maybe? I do not think they're going to do a second series. They're not going to do a second yeah. series. The, these, Even the, episode nine was called the series finale. Yeah. They, they they knew they yeah. were the, the The show is, none of these shows are going to get second seasons. These are all just build-ups to promote Disney+, Plus, of course. Yeah. But also, they are filler shows to get us into, yeah. this is the aftermath of the Infinity Saga, and the world of the MCU is changing. So yeah. next, uh, you know, we're hearing, obviously this is going to lead into Spider-Man No Way Home, 
um, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange yeah, even a little bit of Loki, um, which are all could culminate into Doctor Strange too. And then you have like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be. Uh, I keep hearing rumors that it's going to be a, a second Captain America trilogy mm-hmm. with Sam Wilson as Cap. So probably in a Thunderbolts too. I keep hearing that too. I would love yeah. that. It's fantastic. Which means yeah. which means got William Hart as Red Hulk. Die, please. Don't tease. Don't tease. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as I was saying, if you like one division through episodes one through eight and you and episode and after you watch episode nine you're like oh this is this is awful you're just mad that your theory didn't come true exactly you're just mad that um that pietro wasn't from uh, not that we know we have no X-Men idea multiverse. we have no idea yeah. they could turn around and be like oh he was ralph boner was an alias or some shit like that yeah. <laughs> who knows <clears throat> Um, yeah, you're just, I wonder if, like, his, his name, like, being Boner, I wonder if that was a little nod to Growing Pains, because that was Mike's best friend on Growing Pains, is Boner. Maybe. Um, yeah, you're just mad that he wasn't from the fucking X-Men multiverse. You're mad Mephesto never fucking showed up. Not yet. You're mad Nightmare Again, didn't show up. But, like, they're not it's gonna, all, they're, yeah, like, you're mad Hayward wasn't Ultron. Yeah. You're mad Spectral Vision wasn't Ultron. You, they're not gonna bring in a massive villain of Marvel, like Mephisto. Mm-hmm. In a nine-episode series on Disney Plus, yeah, they're not gonna do it. He's too. That'd be like saying, "Let's debut Thanos on fucking Age of uh, Agents of Shield." Yeah, or you know, Agent Carter. Even I like the Agent Carter, but still, it's just like no. Yeah, we're that's, gonna, that's not how they're gonna do it. Yeah, like or they're not gonna choose Doctor Doom on fucking. Excuse me. Uh, you know the fucking the I'm trying the fucking Winter Soldier Miss Marvel fucking TV show. Uh, it's coming uh, out next year. No, at the, at the end of the year. I won't be watching that one. I, I pro. I, I I I am not a fan of, of the of Kamala Khan. Of Kamala Khan's. I am going Marvel. to watch it, but I'm going to watch it uh, when I can binge it. It's not going to be a show I'm going to watch weekly. I'm just going to wait till it comes out. And that's that's be the that's one of the ones that Brett likes. Is like, oh, the show's amazing. You guys got to watch it. Oh, I know. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll or, no, or, or now he'll just do it just to just to probably fucking, dick just, just to piss you off. Because um, listen, I I love the MCU, so it's a show I definitely could. And same thing with Ironheart. I mean, I don't like Ruby Williams. I mean, I'll, 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 I mean, I'll Again. tell you, I went I went into Wandavision <clears throat> with. No real expectation because we didn't know what was going on. Exactly. All we knew was that it was going to have the classic sitcom feel. We knew there was the episode where her and Vision were going to be in the classic outfits, mm-hmm. and we didn't know what we didn't know what was going on. But then, as you're watching, you're piecing little things together. Like it was like it was pretty easy. We're like, oh yeah, Agnes is Agatha Harkness. Yeah. Like we kind of figured that, like pretty, like pretty soon. But as it went on, it was like this. Like it got it got. It would got to be captivating television. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't everything going on inside the hex with Wanda, it was what um, whatever Mara, uh, Monica Rambo and Jimmy and Darcy were doing. Mm-hmm. Like they were captivating in their own right. Hayward, you didn't know what what the hell was going on with him because you don't we, sword just like any other uh, any other. Agency in the Marvel Universe, you don't know what's going on underneath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of different things going on that you didn't know that you still don't have. We still don't have the answers to, but I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the of the witches battle and the vision battle at the end of episode nine? There, um, I thought I thought it was really cool. I liked how Wanda kind of oh, do- the Risa ship. <laughs> the what? The was it the the Reese's there was a Ramsey ship or whatever the hell yeah, they talk about. It was like oh if you but, take a piece off the it's like that's I would imagine if Fraser Crane ever battled Fraser Crane in a fight that's how they resolve the issue. Fraser versus Niles. Yeah. Fra- oh hi. <laughs> Fraser versus Fraser versus Fraser from uh, from Cheers. From Cheers, yeah. So well, I like both battles. You yeah. Know? And I'm I'm you know obviously mm-hmm. everybody kind of assumed there was going to be some sort of a fuse fusion between them. Yeah. And he you know we had. Uh, I am essentially. And then he flew off. I'm like, all right. Essentially, <laughs> you know, the soul of Vision unlocked the memory of the physical version of well, Vision. So, well, look who it is. It's our co-host, Cat. It's our co-host, Fat McFat. Hey, Fat, what are you doing? Don't touch. Don't ruin everything we've worked so hard for. Mm-hmm. You can move this over here. What are you doing, Bob? Huh? Um, what did you think well, of the fights? I enjoyed it. I really. I mean, I enjoyed the the witches battle. 
Let's just say the potato fell uh, out of my ass when Wanda shows up as Cartwitz for the first time. Uh, the potato fell out of my ass and something grew in my pants. <laughs> pants got a little shorter? Uh, pants got a little shorter. F- amazing. But Catherine Hobb is great as Agatha she is, Harkness. Yeah, she my is. God. Amazing. And we, I'm, I'm glad we haven't seen the last of her. Mm-hmm. I've always and, wanted to see Paul Bettany and Paul Bettany on screen together. Yeah. Paul Bettany's always wanted to work with Paul Bettany. Mm-hmm. Class act. Mm-hmm. They should have had... Uh, the Spectre Vision should have been played by Carrie Ellis. <laughs> I'm curious That's to see how they're going to bring back the children. Because obviously in the in the post credit scene... Yeah, she's, we, reading the, uh, she's, she's reading the Darkhold. And um, she hears the voices of the kids. Mm-hmm. And they are major players in the comics, so they're not going to write them off completely. No. Um, I think she's probably hearing... It. She, she <clears> created <throat> them, so <throat> she's probably still hearing them in her head. Or, or she's tapping or, into them. Or some, she's, or, in some or, multiverse she's gonna, exist. Or she's going to tap into something with the Darkhold, which is probably. Or they could. Which is which is probably what's going to. Uh, which is probably what's going to pop up on uh, Doctor Strange's radar is the Darkhold. Yeah. Or they could. I mean, listen. She creates them in the comics using shards of Mephisto's soul. So this Mephisto. What? Oh. <laughs> so you never know. This this could play Mephisto. This could be part of what happens in Doctor Strange. Maybe in the time between now and Doctor Strange 2, uh, at some point, she creates the children with shards of his soul. Yeah. And that, then Doctor Strange is like, all right, what the fuck is going on? He's like, all right, all right. Someone's, all right what's, someone's fucking around. Yeah. Like, all right. You, know, you, you leave for five minutes. You, you leave for five minutes. You get blinked out because you come back. I got to pick up some Hulk, Hulk, fuck, uh, uh, Love and Chunk, what a Chunk and Fudge, or whatever it is, the, yeah. the ice cream. Some stark raving mad. It's a bit Hazelnut. chalky. <laughs> hey, you, st- you, you, st- you stopped off to, uh, to get a tuna melt from Wong, <laughs> because Wong wouldn't say no to a tuna melt. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say no to a tuna melt. Don't, don't you guys have money? <laughs> but, um, no, I, I very much liked it, and then we have a break this week. Well, there's the making of, so I'll watch that when it comes out on Friday. Um, and then we have... Jesus, in one week? We have the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. A week and a half? Well, we have the Cider Cut on the 18th. And, we have Falcon and then the Falcon and Winter Soldier on the 19th. So it's, yeah. uh, that's going to be crazy. Yeah, busy. That's going to be a busy Saturday. For you. For everybody. No, I'll watch Falcon and Winter Soldier Friday night. Yeah. When I'll, I come home from work. And I'll watch it. And then, so like and I, I'll, probably have, I'll probably watch the Snyder Cut when I come home from work that Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then we'll watch it together. We'll watch we'll it together watch, Saturday, we'll Saturday. And then we'll record. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the plan. So no, no. I'm um, like I've said before, I'm going dark on Thursday morning mm-hmm. after the gym. I'm gonna have to. Um, I might even just be dark when I wake up, and um, maybe I'll just watch right away. That remind me of a joke from for, from Coming to America mm-hmm. when when um, when Arsenio as Morris the barber mm-hmm. was a is a guy like my girl's black. I like him so dark that I had that when you're that when you're down sleeping with him I have to have a flashlight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me think of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I'll um maybe I'll just wake up and I'll watch it and then go to the gym. I don't know. I kinda wanna like a Chinese place where I got the runs. I kinda wanna get my gym out of the way and then come home and, and watch it and be invested in it. You know? So who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ever had nothing else to say we can wrap this up. I got nothing to say. Um, I will say I want to see. I don't know who the head writer was on Wandavision. Mm-hmm. I know the, the the director was Matt Shackman, who was on a sitcom in his own right. He was on Just a Ten of Us. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever seen that I one. Have not. Um, it was basically about a high school basketball coach who like has a very large family. He's got five daughters and like two sons, yeah, and they all live in this house. Mm-hmm. And, Three of his four daughters were in Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Really? So, yeah, a little something. A little something. Hmm. Heather Lioncat being one of them. Really? So, yeah. So, okay. Uh, he, he played the son on, on that show. So, <clears throat> so I could see where he was you know, like, like doing the set kind of stuff. He probably he was like, oh, it's like, I can do this shit. I'm doing this all the time. Mm-hmm. I would like to see more from this, kind of this combination. I want to see more of whatever... Whoever the writer is for WandaVision, I want to know what they're doing next. I want to. I'm I want to see more Morris Day. Morris Day and the time, or just Morris Day by himself? And the time. You got to have the time. Yeah. You got to have Jerome. Yeah. 
Well, everybody, we will see you next week for Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Is it it? Yeah. This is going to be an exciting two weeks. Exciting month. What are we doing after Justice League? That's going to be my birthday podcast. Oh! It is. I came to a decision on that. Hmm. I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, I'll announce it live on the air. <clears throat> so Can we say it at the same time? I think I know what it is. We can say it. Or you can tell me what you think it is, and then I'll tell you that you're wrong. Okay. All right. So I've made a decision for the podcast or for the film that we're going to review for my birthday. Uh, what do you think it is? Days of Thunder. It's not Days of Thunder. Why the fuck would you Days of Thunder? <laughs> I don't even own Days of Thunder. So. <laughs> I talk. So, I talk. Uh, I have decided that we are going to review the 1996 epic Twister. Oh, okay. Because I love that movie. I do too. And I want to review it. And I, I, do don't, too. And I don't want to wait. Yeah, we were. I think we were talking about doing it in the summer. I was torn but, between um, this and UHF, but we're, we'll, well, yeah. we're definitely going to do UHF. Absolutely. No, I love Twister. So it's a good, great movie. Yeah, Twister, it's, great movie. Great role in Emmerich film. No. No. Jan uh, de Bont. Jan de Bont, that's right. The last good Jan de Bont movie. Yeah. So, yeah, so... Sure you want to do Speed 2? Positive. Positive. <laughs> that will be the last movie that we ever review. I will review fucking Manus Hands of Fate before I review fucking Speed 2. <laughs> I will review Willow before I review fucking Guess we know Speed what my birthday, my 35th birthday podcast is going to be. <sighs> Speed 2 Cruise Control. I'm going to have Chris sit up for me on that one because I don't want to watch this movie. <laughs> I've seen that movie once and it was... Three times it too is many. awful. It is such a bad movie. Not good. So. It's not good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've been Dean Holtzaffel. I am still George Rogers, and we will see you beep, boop, beep, in the multiverse. <laughs>